0: Uh, let's go ahead and pray. Uh, Father, uh, this is your world and the earth is yours and everything in it. So we appreciate the beauty of the world around us, particularly in autumn. But we also live in a uh, bewildering um, society and culture. Uh, so help us to understand that and help us to make the best use of our time and uh just to apply our hearts and minds to understanding what uh, Doctor Truman has to say, say to us, so that we might uh, be positively influenced. And I ask this in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Um, this is the. Uh, this isn't a link. If you want that, this article. Uh, this is an article, actually, a positive one. You can take a phone, a camera, phone picture of the screen if you want. Uh, but take it quick because it's not going to be up there too long about a, a young woman about the age of 15 she decided she was transgender and she started st- started taking uh, testosterone treatments and was in a transgender community both in person and and significantly started online and then she detransitioned and it's a very well-written story. She's 23 now. Um, it's, lo- it's a long paper. Even if you take out all the gaps in the pictures, it's still about 15 pages long in, like, 11-point 11 11 point type. Um, but it's fascinating, and I'm going to bring up uh, a thought or two related to something from there that relates to something we're going to talk about uh, tonight. But the first thing we want to do, I want to play a game called Guess the Parody. Um, do we have, do you have the volume up?
1: We're grateful that you're here with us. Do you, either of you have any questions for Ms. Pentecost? I like your eye. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. do you like
0: her eyes? That's only coming from yeah.
1: my, yeah. Maybe she'll let you borrow it. When you're older, oh when goodness. you're allowed to wear makeup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things hmm. I think is great. about Can you hear Christ it? Is she reminds us that we, we follow a God who calls us to not conform to things of this world, uh, that we're supposed to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. And that means that what I think today... May have to change tomorrow if I continue to renew my mind. And it's so cool that we serve a God that calls us to continue to grow and continue to to change into something new. uh, And to not be bound by the ways that the world confines us sometimes, that that we're supposed to live differently. Uh, So I'm so thankful that you're here with us. As am I. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks uh, that you have sent us Miss Pentecost, that you have called her to a life of service and preaching and pastoring and taking care of your people. We pray, God, that today the words that she might share with us in a bit uh, might challenge us to live differently when we leave this place. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right.
0: Sorry about that. I know exactly what's going on inside the display settings. It's set to play through my speaker, and it would take longer to go Back in and switch that. It just, it, I didn't change it, it changed itself. Okay, again, was that par- parody or fact? Um, you decide. Here's another and one. Do you feel that any anti-puritan movement like ours must reflect such a divergence of interests within its party? Agree, Francis? Yeah,
1: I think Judith's point of view is very valid right? for provided the movement never forgets that it is the unalienable right of every man or woman or woman himself or herself, herself.
0: And we've got a womb! He can't actually babies, not having a womb,
1: which is nobody's fault, not even the Romans, but that can have the right to have babies. Good idea, Judy. We shall fight the oppressors for your right have uh, babies, brother, Sister, sorry, what's the point?
0: Okay, that was just for entertainment purposes. Okay, now, um, so which one was the parody? And which, which The first one seems like a parody, and if you'd played that first one, I don't know, certainly 50 years ago when I graduated from high school, you would think it was a parody. Um, not anymore, of course. Um, That was from 1979, Monty Python, and they didn't... Well, real good comedy can be prophetic. Um, Not everybody necessarily liked Monty Python's brand of humor. Um, Young men in college seemed to like it. Uh, Chapter 6, Plastic People, Liquid World. Um, the view uh, – and we'll discuss those terms. What does he mean by that? If you read the chapter, you should know. Uh, the view of human identity as plastic, that is, human identity is infinitely malleable or nearly so. And the view of the world as liquid, society and culture no longer have stable institutional foundations, enable the conceptualization of alternative communities such as the LGBTQ plus community. Um, not only that, nation, church, and family now mean just about anything we want. Uh, we could spend an entire discussion about the culture and politics of that. Um, the family can be two mommies. I haven't read it. I mean, I haven't seen the video. Uh, Dr. Phil, what's he a doctor of, or is he actually a doctor? Um, had a, a show on where they discussed cancel culture in some terms that were not uh, that had that, that been cancelled, and one of them was mom and dad and there was a, a personal on I, I read part of the transcript personal on discussing why this was this was a good idea because it was oppressive because there are families that are that are moms and mom and mom and dad, and it hurts people 's feelings. If they're from a family like that, if you say mom and dad, I'm not making that up. That was a real person on a real show just, you know, like yesterday or the week before. Um, The framework of plasticity and liquidity, the reality of plastic people and a liquid world... Can be better understood through the concept of personhood, the politics of recognition, and the idea of imagined communities. And we'll we'll sum up what uh, Dr. Truman says in this regard. But first, the idea of liquidity when it comes from the world. Uh, Truman does not mention where he gathers this idea from in this book, but he does in his first book, which this book is based on, although it's not a summary, uh, where does he get the idea of a, a liquid world or as it was first called, uh, liquid modernity, which is comes from, uh, this is a sociologist. Sociologist is like the study of people and groups. Zygmunt Bauman, 1925 to 2017. And I think the first edition of Liquid Modernity came out in 2000. And this is what he says about it, although, of the course, these are just, you know, blurbs and pull quotes. And he's more complex than that. Liquid modernity is the growing convention, conviction that change is the only permanence, and uncertainty the only certainty. And he prefers this term to what has been called post-modernity. And I think he's right. Um, Post-modernity, well, first of all, it's at this point an overused term. And I think uh, how he describes liquid modernity really is more apt. Anyway, in a liquid modern life, there are no permanent bonds. And any that we take up for a time must be tied loosely so that they can be untied again as quickly and as effortly as possible when circumstances change as they surely will in our liquid modern society over and over again. Um, Truman doesn't adapt this exactly lock, stock, and barrel uh, but he adapts it and builds on it uh, and adding to that the idea that the the, the foundations the institutional foundations of identity in a modern world, there's more to them than that, but family, church, and state are no longer on solid ground. We might say biblically they're on shifting sands um, or that the foundations are crumbling, but we would say in contemporary discussion they have become liquid The first question he deals with is, is what is a person? And, and again, this is what Dr. Truman says, although I think he's basically correct. Um, a person is more than his or her own physical or genetic makeup, as important as they are. Physicality, by the way, is very important, although Truman doesn't go into... Uh, Genesis and resurrection, and versus you know eternal spiritual existence. Um, Christianity, the gospel preaches the resurrection of the body, not eternity in heaven in a disembodied spiritual state. But we are more than our physical or genetic makeup. A person is someone with a particular history. Though we perceive ourselves as free agents, our sense of personhood is constituted by the social relationships we have with other people. And he says, we do not simply wish to be free, we also want to belong, to be accepted and affirmed. We we want to be part of a community that both accepts and builds our identity, our sense of who we are, our personhood. Um, The politics of recognition is another one he says is important for understanding the idea of the current state we find are in. And this is I, – I cannot put my finger on exactly, OK, what are the differences between this term and the term, the politics of identity? And I don't know if there's really any difference except this is, I think, a better and more precise term. If you call recognition, he talked about last week, well, not last week, but in last chapter of the week before, recognition doesn't simply, oh, there you are, I, I see who you are. Uh, it's, it's asserting that you have a right for a group, a community, to recognize you as who you are and accept you as you are so that you belong to that group. The recognition in the politics of recognition is the kind that is given to us in the act of belonging to a community by having our identity as part of that community recognized. So this is what the demand of, not just the LGBTQ community is, but it's it's in effect the demand sometimes of Christians. We demand that society recognizes who we are. We're Americans, but we're Christians. And American Christians have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Um, same thing with uh, uh, racial politics. Uh, the, the demand to be recognized as, as fully equal with everybody else, no matter what your race is or religion. The politics in the politics of religion is about who gets to control the framework of recognition. The Set of Cultural Standards and Expectations to Which People Must Conform to Belong to a Given Community. Um, That clash about who's going to get control of the gateway, so to speak, of cultural standards and expectations is what in other terms is called the culture wars. Um, So let me a picture come? Yes. So um, th- this is a good good example of the politics of recognition and action. It's not about the cake. No, it isn't about the cake. Now, this is Jack Phillips, the master, master's cake baker. Anyway, the name of his company, this is the man who was sued because he would not make a cake celebrating a same-sex marriage that went all the way to the Supreme Court and won. And then he got sued again for um, not making a cake that, uh, refusing to make a cake that that celebrated a a, a transgender transformation. <clears throat> it's it's not about the cake. It's about the refusal of recognition and the offense given. Because, and I'll, I'll, I'm actually going to be a bit pejorative here, and you'll see which. Community I 'm on this this is the insistence by people who are abnormal uh, and who demand that you accept them as normal despite the fact that they are in fact deviant so there was a book long ago which i admit I never read the whole thing i 've read parts of it by William Bennett called Defining Deviancy down um, or it was part of the idea in his book um, and so LGBTQ uh, community, and we'll see what that term means, are demanding that we accept their chosen sexual identity as equal and normal to everybody else's identity. And Christians say, well, no it's not. We can tolerate it in a pluralistic society, but we aren't going to celebrate it and that's not enough because that is non-recognition. Um, anyway, um, the the oh, that was just the picture disappearing. I said, "Why didn't the slide change?" Imagined communities. Any sufficiently large community, and Truman. Points to the nation state as an example is constituted by members who must imagine that they hold things in common that give them a coherent identity as a body of people. If you can't know everybody in your community usually if it's just about anything beyond your family. I grew up on the eastern shore of Maryland which is small enough in a small town of 4,000 souls. I think now the population is still 4,000 souls and I can actually think of a of a an eerie supernatural movie that would make those out to be the four same four thousand souls from <laughs> fifty years ago when I when I graduated from high school there. Anyway, a small town. I didn't know everybody in that town. I uh, knew a lot. A lot of people knew me. Some of that was fortunate. Some wasn't. And it was still like an imagined community, the Pocomoke community. Um, but. Anyway, if, if a community is big enough that you don't know everybody, somehow there has to be a shared set of conceptualizations, ideas, sensibilities, collection of things by which the members of the community conceive of their self and accept others as members of that community – and Truman points out uh, correctly that this doesn't mean that the community is simply in your imagination. Imagination just means it's not, you, you cannot possibly know everybody or be physically present with everybody in that community. Um, and that applies to any community big enough, and it s- certainly applies to a, a nation state. Um, anyway... Again, stop me if you have any questions. Again, talking about imagined imagined communities. The the deauthorization of traditional narratives, such as the narratives about family, church, and state. The family is now virtually anything you want it to be. Um, The nation... Are we a nation with completely open borders? Uh, Are we a nation formed in 1619 um, when slaves were sold sold in America or by the traditional narrative of 1776 and the Declaration of Independence? The traditional narratives have been uh, deauthorized. And the nearly infinite proliferation of information on the Internet – I know it seems infinite – but it's not literally have made the traditional communities of family church and state into battle zones rather than the basis of social community that's why calls for unity are now so controversial because there's a lot of people and it's, you know depending on who you talk to you you don't know who it is or or what's the majority there's still a lot of people who agree in the traditional sense for example of who America is or what America is I'm, I'm one of those people I know this is not a you know this is a flawed country even uh, America the beautiful recognizes that am I getting my patriotic songs right America America God mend thine every flaw confirm thy soul in self control thy liberty and law that the verse we never sing in other words um Uh, But that doesn't mean that it's all untruths. Uh, It really isn't. Um, We fought a civil war over the question of what would be the nature of this nation. Um, I am of the opinion that, um, and I think I'm being objective, that America has been one of the most honorable, if not the most honorable empire, because we are an empire uh, in some respects. Not, not not in the pejorative respect that has ever existed, um, we 've had our uh, issues and problems uh, slavery, racism, uh, jingoism. Uh, we tried to be imperial for a while in the in the imperialistic sense it didn 't really work out, um, so we quit doing that so I believe in much of the uh, traditional narrative of America, all empires rise and fall, so America is not permanent um, only the kingdom of God is, but a lot of people don 't anymore they, they just they just do not that 's not how they envision who they are and where they are so it 's it really is a battleground um, there are th- this leads deauthorization leads to all kinds of uh, they're called communities I almost want to say sub-communities but so there is the LD, LGBTQ community there's a black community um, of which some blacks don't consider themselves part of um, there's there's a white supremacist community which I'm not part of and I don't know anybody who is Um, There are online communities. That was, to me, what was interesting, not the only interesting, about the article I mentioned at the beginning of uh, the woman named Helena, which I don't know if that's her real name, uh, decided she was transgender and then detransitioned because in both cases she's talking about online communities. Uh, But, well, the transgender one started at, at... as online. She heard something about it online. She let's see, Tumblr, I think, not actually I've heard of Tumblr, I don't know what they do or who they are, but apparently you can get linked up with transgender communities online. And she was fed of a lot of what we call now disinformation. And and some of the way she described it and she recognized it, too, are very cult-like: uh, the isolation, the keeping you from information that disagrees with the community narrative. They really are a cult-like community, which explains a lot about gender ideology, uh, transgender ideology. There are also other aspects of that that we could say are biblical theological, which we'll talk about towards the end of our book study. But then when she detransitioned, there was also another online community, and she was involved with other people too, I mean, in real life, in, including her family. And I would say that was more supportive uh, and more interested in fact. But I almost consider online community an oxymoron myself, as, as that, that one that really is an oxymoron is homeless community and just not a community you'd want to be part of. Uh, so this idea of alternative communities has cropped up. I mean, it's always been there. Uh, we live in a state that has a Shaker, well, former Shaker community. It's now a tourist attraction at Pleasant Hill. And they were an alternative community. They were a cult. They they're about the only benign cult I can think of in history. If you can think of another one, tell me. Um, the the rest of them just... I mean, they didn't last, but I don't think... If they ruined people's lives, I, I didn't hear about that. You could leave if you wanted to. Um, they are... To, to my mind, I can't think of any other cult that it was benign like that. Uh, benign in the sense of... Um, Socialization, of course, uh, they did not preach a true gospel. Recognition and narrative uh, relates to all that Truman mentions before in that chapter. And he says that the current conflicts that are causing such tensions within Western democracies and That would be us, among others, are leading to fragmentation on the basis of race, ethnicity, gender, sexuality, et cetera. Now, how strong this fragmentation is, and this is my term, Uh, he doesn't use it in that section, page 124 to 125, but I think he would agree with the terminology. Because, you know, this is going to sound racist, but I don't, you know, none of the black people I know pretty well are really into that you know, critical race theory stuff. You know, they're they're just people like everybody else. Uh, Up to a point, you know, we seem to be pretty much getting to be the least racist society that's ever existed. Um, I think we backtracked because of a number of factors. It's, it's, It's another topic, so I won't go into it, but critical race theory is racist, among other things. Um, And so I'm not sure how much fragmentation there is, but that it exists is true. And this is because the imagined communities to which people choose to belong lack any shared narrative. And I'm not sure – well, he's right to a certain extent, and that's the question I – if that isn't a question that comes up when we get to discussion questions asked, how much is that true? Because first of all, we have this shared narrative that we're all human beings. We're stuck in this world together. And then oh, there are some people, admittedly it's becoming uh, less and less of a percentage that that share a belief in Christianity. And then there are some who share a bl- wider, that share a belief in God. There are a lot more nuns now uh, but there is fragmentation. There are people. Uh, I'm sure you've had the problem that there are people in your extended family that it's like, well, we won't talk about religion, politics, or national narratives because it just leads leads to to, to arguments. I've had that experience myself. So I know it exists on a personal level. Um, I think this is the last thing yes Um, not the last thing that he says but human selves exist in dialogue with the terms of just about the last thing though that Truman says human selves exist in dialogue with the terms of recognition set by the the wider world who are we going to be recognized by and who do we care about when that world is liquid, those terms are set by the loudest voices and the most dominant narratives. And so cultural encounter becomes basically political shouting matches, as I'm trying to show in this montage here. And um, it's one of the things I don't like about politics. I'm not saying demonstrations are bad. Um, I've been to one. Have I been to any more? I went to a pro-life rally in Frankfurt many, many years ago, but it was pretty sedate, I mean, uh, to tell you the truth. Um, Any questions on substance, uh, disagreements on the summary, anything else you want to bring up in this chapter that uh, Dr. Truman said or any clarifications? Before we get to the discussion questions, okay. Um, we can we don't have to take these in turn, so I think I'll just read all. I've got two pages. He had a lot of questions, and I think I kept every single one of them, and then I added a couple, uh, or three or four. How do you think, Carl? Carl, well, true man. That's autocorrect. Uh, Truman is doing so far with his analysis. Is is he apt? Is he cogent? Does he make sense? Is he actually describing the real world? Because I'm sure he wants to be doing all those things. How many American institutions? Oh, this is the first two questions are mine: civil, religious, educational, etc. That should be have become platforms for personal expression rather than institutions for passing on shared tradition. That's what an institution is supposed to be about. Uh, A community institution. Where have you seen yourself acting as an expressive individual in your life? What shared narrative or culture do you try to cultivate in your family? What community or sub-community, uh, which is a term that Truman does not use, but I'm going to use it, do you think, do you find yourself putting your identity in? Um, like, you can, be, you can be a Christian, but you can also be part of a bowling league if you want to. Um, anyway I'm going to read them all and then I'll go back to the beginning Um, what are you willing to do and how far are you willing to go to defend your values in today's society I added the what are you willing to do in what ways are our current times unprecedented in what ways are they not in what ways is the church an imagined community in what ways is it not The gospel is a narrative and a meta-narrative. A meta-narrative is a narrative about all the other narratives, or you could say a worldview. The gospel isn't just a community narrative or the club rules or something like that. We are trying to say that this gospel explains reality for everybody. That's what I mean by a meta-narrative. In what ways can or should we work to make it the dominant narrative?